Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Hello, my dear friends. This is Roberta Grimes on Seek Reality with one of our very favorite guests. I'm delighted you're here today. You know, one of the most frustrating things about this moment in humankind's ongoing development is the fact that we know so much now about what really is going on, and we even have a much stronger understanding of how reality is constructed, but still our ability to communicate with those that we used to think were dead is so minimal. We know grandma is fine because we know how reality is constructed and we understand the eternal nature of our own minds. We even can communicate with her through a good medium. We can get wonderful evidence. She's doing splendidly, but there is no good way to just have a chat with her, to have her counsel us about our earthly lives. After all, now she has a very different, wonderful perspective. There's just no way to do that. We can't even just call her up to get the secret recipe for her turkey stuffing that now nobody knows how to make anymore. Why is that? Why is communicating with the dead still so hard? And are there ways we might be ba- that may, might maybe be based on what you and I are learning about reality and how it all works that might make it possible for us to communicate with dead loved ones directly without using a medium? Well, our guest today is the leading living expert on the greater reality, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, for the 27th time. We talk about the greater reality often on Seek Reality. Uh, In fact, you might say it's the primary topic of this whole podcast series. So perhaps we ought to pause here for a moment and just try to define it. I'm going to give my definition. We'll ask Craig for his. This is the largest conceivable topic you could have, but it's one that didn't even really exist in people's minds until just a few decades ago. What is the greater reality anyway? Well, the greater reality is everything that human beings are able to determine exists. It isn't what we can imagine might exist, not what scientific materialists can demonstrate does exist, but what materialist scientific evidence and the study of non-material phenomena, plus all the evidence and information we're able to glean from those who aren't really dead after all, plus what we can learn when we put all those things together, What all of that tells us is true. That is the greater reality. It is, of course, many times the size of this material universe to the extent that talking about size really even means anything. And it's absolutely eternal if time means anything. And what's wonderful is that this whole greater reality actually fits together and it all works together to an amazing degree. It makes sense. It does what all good scientific theories must do, which is to fit with and illuminate a lot of other slants that we might take on reality. So it's possible now to encompass one vision, one overarching theory that allows us to make sense of literally everything that is the greater reality. It includes, of course, this whole material universe, plus that much greater set of realities that we can determine we'll be returning to at death and actually also everything else that's real. No one has thought about the greater reality more deeply nor worked at understanding it with a more sincere and certain vision than Dr. R. Craig Hogan. 
In fact, his book, which is Your Eternal Self, I always recommend. I give away copies to friends. I've invited him to join us for the 27th time in six years to help us understand some very specific questions from listeners. A few weeks ago, our guest on Seek Reality for the second time was David Allison. He's a successful businessman. He lost his only son, Davey, three years ago at the age of 24. And David's book, Finding Davey, is a beautiful account of the signs and messages he's gotten from his son. Now, David is working with that wonderful organization that we promote, Helping Parents Heal, to teach newly bereaved parents to ever better communicate with their children. After that interview we did with David... I started to, David Allison is his last name, I, I started to hear from parents and others who wanted to learn how to better communicate as well. I mean, if he can do it, why can't we? So I called our guru of all things communication, the wonderful Dr. Hogan, and asked him to help me explain why communicating with the dead is so hard. How can any of us learn to have a more, much closer relationship with loved ones we used to think were dead? And what is going to happen to make communication even easier? Welcome, Craig. I am thrilled you're with us again. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, and it gets better every time. So, uh, <laughs> it really I just does. am looking forward to today. You know, we'll have a wonderful conversation. So, so first off, you heard me define the greater reality my way. Yes. What, how would you mm-hmm. define it? Yes, it includes all of that. It includes uh, everything that has ever been, everything that will ever be, and, and everything in, in any space in the universe, plus all of the other dimensions. And they tell us on the other side that there are millions of planes and, and spheres and dimensions, and that we're just sampling one small part of it. But the, all of that is the greater reality. And all of that's accessible to us in one form or another. Uh, sometimes it won't be accessible until after we leave this realm. In other words, we change our focus from this realm to another realm. But it's all going to be accessible to us. And right now, the, we have much more accessible to us than, than people realize because we're not reared to focus on anything but the physical realm, but the, what the sensitivities are that we're engaged in as we go through the physical realm. And so we don't really understand all of these other possibilities. And one of them is communication with our, our loved ones on the other side. So, uh, but the, the key thing I think we want everyone to understand about the greater reality is it's much, much more than science appreciates. It's much more than anyone who just focuses on the afterlife appreciates. It includes all of that, but it doesn't include anything hypothetical. It includes what's real. I think it's very important for people to understand this is real, and there are people living now, I think they may be in diapers, who will see science catch up with what we already know about the greater reality. Don't you think that's true? Yes, that's true. And we are seeing the changes happen right now. We're seeing the people who are discovering things about the greater reality and about the afterlife are the scholars. They are the physicists and they are the physicians and they are the people who are studying the field. And uh, they are highly educated people who are delving into it, who are accepting the data wherever the data take them, and the data takes them into understanding that we are living in a greater reality and that we are can have access to anyone who's ever lived, uh, and those who are living on the other side are constantly trying to communicate with us. We yes. just learn how to do it. One of the things I think that makes it hardest for scientists to really get their minds around what's going on is the fact that they're still determined to believe consciousness is generated by the brain when, of course, no such thing is true. 
consciousness is the basis of all realities. It's really, I think, don't you, what ties all these different aspects of reality together. Yes, consciousness is the, the fundamental. So in other words, everything emerges from consciousness. And it's rather like when we're dreaming, when we sleep, we dream, and we have the characters in the dream, and we are one of the characters in the dream, and there's scenery, and there are events, and all of the continuity in the dream. But all of that's in our mind. So all of that's happening while we are lying asleep. And the same thing happens in this lifetime. All of these things that are happening are in the mind of God. They are in consciousness. They are something which happens and we are experiencing it, but we are not seeing a physical realm. There's nothing out there that is separate from us. It's in the mind. So the mind is fundamental. The mind is creating all of this just like a dream, but it, all of it is real and substantial. And, and with those people who are living on the next plane of life are also experiencing the mind. Uh, it's just that they have a different focus. They're just focused on a, a different vibration. And so their focus is uh, a little bit different from ours, but it's only because of the fact that they've agreed to focus on that. We've agreed to focus on the earth plane, and so we're going through earth school now, but we will change our focus, and when we change our focus, we simply have to leave the body behind, so we just take off that old tattered body and, and put on a new body, and we go on with our lives on the next plane of life, but it's just a change of focus. It isn't anything uh, any more substantial than that. So we we know now also that if you have been alive on Earth, you are, and and you're, you've shed your body as you just said, you are alive still. I mean, people don't die. In fact, it seems to be impossible for people to die. Isn't that true? Yes, it's impossible. So in other words, we, we will live, uh, we are eternal beings. And that's difficult for people to understand because we live in a world of causes and effects, beginnings and endings. We can't imagine the, the possibility of something never having an ending. But if we think about matter and energy, if you, if you take the materialist point of view, the matter and energy are eternal. You know, things, yes. are, not, uh, yeah, things are not being created uh, in the same way that they would be created if somebody decided to wave a magic wand and make them happen. Uh, everything is eternal, and there's no it's reason true. not to believe that consciousness is eternal. Consciousness is eternal just as much as uh, what they say is matter and energy. But I actually, matter and energy are... <laughs> they said matter is neither created nor destroyed, but do they just, mm -hmm. just change its form? That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. So scientists and, uh, know this too. They're just clueless. they know that they know that, yeah. and they also know the consciousness is uh, is eternal. Uh, the panpsychists, who are people who believe that consciousness uh, is in everything, uh, believe that consciousness evolved or, or consciousness came into being because of the fact that it had to have been at the beginning. So whenever the big bang happened, and that was really not the beginning, that was just at one point when the right. big bang happened. There had to be something before that, but they believe that then uh, when the big bang began and there must have been consciousness in the universe because consciousness appeared later and it couldn't have simply come out of nowhere That's and so it's called panpsychism right <laughs> yeah it's the belief that there is consciousness in everything in some form because it was in the original universe but we know the, the fact that since the uh, universe is eternal we are eternal beings and we do not die what we do is we just take off the tattered overcoat that we've been wearing throw it in the in the corner and and we go on with our lives at the at the transition. 
All right. Well, that's beautifully said. So grandma still exists. Grandma is happy, healthy, young, has a nice young body, all of that. Why? And, and we also know that there's no such thing as, as space or size, really. Uh, and just as if you have a thought, how big is your thought? It, it's just not a, a concept that makes that is related to consciousness, which is, of course, all that exists. So that all being the case, and we know Grandma's right here, just at a higher, higher vibrational level. Why can't we communicate easily? What, what is it that's, that makes that hard? Yeah, the only thing that makes it hard is that we haven't been reared to do it. So, in other words, we weren't raised as children to communicate with loved ones who are on the next dimension. Had we been raised that way, we wouldn't think twice about it. It would be something which would be a natural part of our lives. We could be sitting around the breakfast table and with our family, and and, uh, and Dad would say, oh, you know, I sense that, that Grandma's here with us. And everybody would say, hi, Grandma. Thank oh, you for coming to breakfast. You know, pull up a chair, and, and, and uh, we want to talk oh, with you for a while. And that would be the most natural part of our lives if we had been reared as children to do that. But we haven't been, and we have learned how to focus on thoughts as though they were only ours, as though they came out of our head and they were private, and no one would ever understand them or see them. And we don't realize the fact that we can communicate with them through our thoughts, through the mind, and they can communicate with us. And all we have to do is learn how to do that, what we weren't taught to do as children. That is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, what I have said to people is, for example, one of the reasons is we, we are so steeped in materiality. It's like your Channel 5 newsman and your Channel 7 newsman um, wanting to communicate on air. They're on two different channels. And uh, how are they going to communicate if they don't even have a, a phone? I, you know, they can't because they're in two different channels. Isn't that true? And what Grandma would be doing would be basically going to our channel, and then we could communicate just fine. We just wouldn't be able to see her necessarily. Yeah, that's true. And they uh, receive our thoughts. So wherever they are, they are one with us. They are still unified with us. And so they receive our thoughts wherever they are. So that if they are doing something, they go on with their lives on the next plane of life because they're growing spiritually and they're enjoying life. They're having wonderful. Yes. They're going to concerts and going to plays yes. and, and, and having, yeah. they're going fishing if they like to go fish, whatever it is that they want to do. So they're going on with their lives, but they are uh, intertwined with us in our mind. So they get our thoughts. If we think about them, then, then they will come to us. If we ask them to come, they, they will come to us. So they communicate easily with us. The problem is that we don't get the communication from them. It's not that they're not communicating. Someone says, I can't understand. You know, my my, uh, my friend has, has left, and it's been three months, and I haven't heard anything from him. I thought he'd try to contact me. And what, she, what the woman doesn't realize is that he's been doing it every day. Yeah, trying hard. Constantly, yeah. just trying he's hard dead. to get through, to say, yes. I'm here, I'm here. Darling, yes. I, you know, I, I wish you could you could realize that because I want you to know that I'm healthy and happy and and I'm looking forward to the next stage of life. But I won't leave you until you stop grieving. And so then they, the communication is coming through. She just is not receiving it. Many people will say too, and I'm sure you get this. Well, I I thought I heard his voice, but I'm sure it was my imagination, or yes. you know, I. I thought, you know, that that song playing suddenly when I walked into the store, that was our song. I'm sure that was just a coincidence. You hear that, mm-hmm. don't you? 
Oh yes, all the time. Poor all Fred. The time. He's trying yeah, so yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah, he's trying so hard to get through. And, uh, and it, if we can just be open, we have disenchanted the world. So what we've done is to eliminate oh, anything that could be enchant enchantment, uh, anything that could be in the mind that would be delightful from our loved ones. We've taken that out because we don't trust ourselves, and we just have to learn how to do that. We have to learn how to relax and allow things to come to us. Because if we do that, then they will come. And the more that we allow that to happen, the more we communicate with them actively in this way, the more they'll communicate back to us. And so we'll hear from them more every day. And that, what happens is as soon as we relax our minds and we're not so focused on the physical realm, then they can get through to us. And that's what happens when someone hears what sounds like his voice uh, or they get this, this thought in their head and it sound, it, it's the kind of a thought they would have given to me. And it's, it usually happens when they're doing the dishes or they're, they're driving the car or doing something mindless. And that's when they relax their mind. Yes. And then those people are on the other side are able to get through to them and that's when the message comes through and they just have to accept it and but not only accept it but then after they've accepted that then respond you know what would you say to them and respond wait, wait, would, you, and, uh, would you tell people who say to you gee i i thought this was fred but it really wasn't how do you tell them to respond yeah, just tell them to, to start the dialogue. What would you say? You know, if uh, Fred had come through and you had the feeling like he was, was saying, uh, I'm, uh, I'm always with you, then, uh, then you would just respond to that. Don't think about whether it was or not. Don't make the judgment about whether it was. The chances are much greater that it was than that it right. wasn't. Right. And so accept that and, and just respond and say, I know you're always with me. And, and, uh, and then you may sit down for a moment. And just say, you know, I've, I've been thinking about you, and, and uh, I want you to know that I'm, I'm taking care of the children as well as I can. And, and just start a dialogue. And then what happens is the first thing that comes into your mind after you make a statement is going to be them responding. And sometimes the, because they know your thoughts already, they may respond even before you finish yes. the statement or the question. Yes. And so the first thing that pops in your mind, that's them. And continue the dialogue. Just carry it on. Don't worry about whether it is imagination or because it's not imagination. It's, it's them coming through. And so you, you'll know that. I mean, you have the feeling, and when, when you get that thought in your mind, you know, of uh, something, uh, the thought about, w wouldn't it be wonderful to go canoeing today? And that thought just comes into your mind, and you say, oh, I think that's Fred. The fact that you thought it was Fred is the validation. Yes, I mean, that's automatically, the yes. Automatically, yes. because you say, yes, that's Fred. You don't think, oh, that was just a random thought. You, you think, oh, that was Fred. And, and that means don't doubt it. And it was, in fact, that person that that validation will come along with the message. As soon as you feel like, oh, that was Fred, bam, that's it. It was. It was. So just carry on the dialogue. But we need to understand, everyone, that if you think a negative thought, you're putting up a barrier. Grief is a yes. tremendous barrier to communication. So just you're simply saying, oh, I don't think that was Fred. Sounded like Fred, but nah. When you think that, mm -hmm. you're making it harder for Fred to get through to you. You don't want that. Or grandma or whoever it is. You, you, you want to encourage this open dialogue. So opening your heart this way. Um, one of the things you can do, too, to, to learn to quiet your mind is meditation. And that's 
what David Allison was talking with us about. Great interview. It's it's recent, so you can look it up fairly easily. But that's how he began to communicate much more deeply with his son Davy, because you know your your monkey mind is very active, and once you get it out of the way, which meditation helps you do, it becomes much easier for there to be good, clear communications that you really can't deny. But they don't start out that way. They start out as a, oh my goodness, that I think that that may have been something Fred was thinking. Immediately, as Craig said, yes, it was. Don't even question it. Go ahead. Start, start communicating. And I tell people in the beginning, I don't know if this is true, Craig, that it can be good to communicate aloud because that creates additional positive energy if you're, if you're saying, you know, I love you, Fred. I'm so glad you're here. There's positive energy you put into the world right there. Yeah, and it is, if you are accustomed to doing that, if, if it's comfortable for you, then, then speak aloud. And if it's more comfortable to, to speak in your head, then speak in your head. The messages are going to come through in the same way. They're actually going to come through telepathically. Right. So that even if you speak aloud, it's going to come through to them telepathically. And their messages to us are telepathic. But it is rather like, it, it is much like if you try to remember the image of the person who reared you person who who was in your early life then you do that instantly it instantly comes to your mind you don't have to do anything special to be able to make that happen and what happens when they communicate with us is that they are thinking they are they're communicating in the same way so they're bringing into our minds what we would bring if we brought the image of someone into our mind and so they bring that into our minds and so then that, those images or it can be uh, even sensations so we can get the feeling of touch. Uh, all of those senses will come to us. And when we do that, when we feel those, then all we have to do is accept them because they brought that to our mind. It's like our, our thinking together in the same mind because we're all one mind. And then if we accept that and, and go with it, then um, and they will become... Uh, we will become better at it. They will come more normally and, and more naturally and more often. And so then we will have communication with them whenever we want to. One of the things it can be good to do in the beginning is become familiar with the kinds of, of signs that the people who have died recently were, are most likely to give us. Because there seems to be a process kinds. When you know what they are, you'll look for them, and then you'll be able to receive them a lot more easily. Um, my book, The Fun of Staying in Touch, lists a lot of the common ones. There are other books, too, that talk about those. But it can be helpful if you're always looking for the signs. Butterflies, dragonflies, familiar scents are very common. I think, don't you think those are extremely common? I never realized how common they were, but I hear about them all the time. Um, yeah. You know, I, I walked into the kitchen and it smelled like Grandma was cooking her special stew. That kind of a scent. Or, uh, I smell grandpa's pipe, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and what happens is all of these sensory impressions that we get are in the mind, uh, even the ones that we get, uh, colors, for instance, uh, are in the mind. Yes. Smells are in the mind. And so then the, the apparatuses by which we get them, the, the senses uh, in the physical realm, are, are not 
um, they are not consequential. No. Uh, they, they, the experiences exist all by themselves. And the sensory apparatuses that we have that we associate with the body are really not what's creating the senses. The senses are experiences that we're having in the mind. Well, so I we did have the experience a story of, about that. A, a fellow mm-hmm. told me that when uh, they first went into somebody's house, they immediately smelled her, her stew. And um, it was a very strong smell. He said it was amazing. And he said to his wife, oh, I smell her stew. And she said, I do too. He said, nah, that's not her stew. He said instantly he could no longer smell it. She was still oh, yeah. smelling. Mm-hmm. He was not. He turned. Basically, mm-hmm. as the minute he doubted, it stopped, and that's an important insight. It seems to me, and it's insight you just made, which is since this is all happening in your mind, it's very important that you not doubt because if you do, you'll turn off what are beautiful signs from our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. In fact, the studies have shown that uh, when. Uh, people are looking at uh, pictures and they're getting impressions from the pictures uh, about what what is in the picture. Uh, They can predict what picture will be coming up next when they're shown pictures, Uh, but if they try to guess what the the, the pictures are, they'll get it wrong. But if their bodily functions, when they're, they have uh, electrodes on their skin to measure skin conductance, and their bodies are reacting to the pictures, and, and they then will be able to get the reactions before the pictures are shown. Wow. But if they try to guess at what the pictures are, then they will get it wrong. And the reason for that is because the, when you get the conscious mind, in mind involved in it, then that interferes with them coming through. And so we don't get the messages then. So as you say, if you make a judgment or stop the process and, and start to wonder whether that's really them, then that will, that will stop whatever the dialogue is that's going on. Wow. Now, you, you have helped to teach people to, do, um, to, to learn how to, to act, communicate directly in their minds with their dead loved ones. And we talked mm-hmm. with, there are several, um, everyone, look up Rochelle Wright. Um, she's someone who uses this in therapy, and there are others, too, who do. Talk a little bit about your induced afterlife communications process, which people can get for free. I hear from people who are who swear by whatever it is you're teaching them, and you're, it's free, for free on the Internet. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's a self-guided afterlife communication process. And what it does is to teach people how to be open. So it teaches you how to allow those messages to come through and then to trust that they're coming through. It's called self-guided afterlife communication, and it is free online at selfguided.spiritualunderstanding.org. And the process is is simply a process that we teach in stages, in eight stages, and it goes all the way from teaching you what it is that's going to be happening through the end stage. And the last stage is where you can just sit down anywhere. You can be in a doctor's office, and you can just sit down and just relax into this state of mind, and you can have a communication there. So it's a a skill that anybody can learn. You mentioned meditation. Meditation is, is enhances the skill. It allows those messages to come through. So meditation is a wonderful way to do it. 
most people have difficulty meditating and so the self-guided afterlife communication method is is a faster way of doing it it simply takes you into a state of mind in which you can make this happen uh and it's all free you know it uh, you can get on and and do it and you can learn how to do it easily and then uh, we have people who have gotten on it and now they communicate with their loved one every day yes so they just sit down for a while and relax and and go into the state of mind in which they can communicate and just have a communication we're going to have Rochelle on with us again in just a few weeks. Um, Rochelle Wright is a therapist, and she uses um, this, this, in her case, it's guided, she guides, or the people she's trained has guided you through a, a, an, an encounter with your loved one. And what seems to happen, and, and I find this like unbelievable, but people have real physical experiences with their loved ones inside their minds. They walk on a beach, they hug, they they swear they swear to me the people I've talked with it's as real as if it were happening in the in the out in the sort of physical reality, but it is happening with their eyes closed in their minds, and so they can be again with the people that they that they thought they lost and some i remember one woman when i said well what was your grief before she said oh it was at least 11 i i didn't didn't want to live without him and then what was your grief after and she said i think it was a two or a three that's how miraculous it is is that even possible craig i just find it incredible yeah, Rochelle's method is 98% successful. So 98% of the people who come in will have an afterlife communication. And she uses a method which is called bilateral stimulation in which she helps people to go into the state of mind. And it's also the same method that's used in EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a psychotherapy method. It's only done by psychotherapists. So this is something that is administered. The, the client comes into the office and they're they're sobbing and, and racked with sobs. And, oh yes. And they say that their grief is is a, a ten plus 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 on right. a ten point scale. And then after one session, then they walk out of the office. They're just joyous. They they say that their grief is down to a zero to three somewhere in that range. <laughs> yes, it's uh, amazing. It's just amazing, and and no grief therapy is able to do that. So the grief therapy is is, uh, is notoriously uh, unsuccessful. But this then heals grief, and it does it in virtually every instance, so it's 98% successful. But what's happening is is that when she puts them into this state of mind, and I've gone through it myself, I've had her take me through it, just a fantastic, wonderful experience. When they go into the state of mind, you understand that all the senses are in the mind. So that the sense of smell, the sense of taste, the, the, yes. the sense of sight, hearing, all of these happen in the mind. They don't happen in the physical realm. They don't happen in the body. And that's the reason you can hypnotize somebody and then do surgery on them. Because uh, pain is in the mind. It's not in the body. Wow. And all of this, these senses are in the mind. So what happens is when you enter this state of mind in which you can allow these things to happen, then you go through all of the same sensations, all of the same feelings. Uh, there was a woman whose name was Carol, and, and her daughter Kate had been killed in a car accident. And Rochelle took her into the process, and she said that, that she could, first she saw Kate, and then she could she reached out to her, Kate, Kate reached out to her. She said, I can see her, her fingers. I can feel her. I, I can feel her hair. And so then they walked together along a path. 
and they went over to the where the accident had happened and and she explained to her what happened in the accident and how, how she had felt during that process and they hugged and kissed and and walked along the the uh the road together this is what happens in these experiences because all of this is happening in the mind even our experience in life you know our experience on the earth plane everything is happening in the mind it's yes. not happening in the physical realm yes. so we can have these connections in which the, the things are happening in the mind and they will be just as vivid and just as real and even the, the environment we can be watching it walking on the beach they walk on the beach together yes. and yes. Uh, there are people say they, they've dived into water together they've, they've jumped into water and um, and they all of these experiences are the same because of the fact that it's happening in the mind all we have to do is be open to it and it will happen. If their parents were comfortable with communication and and, yes. doing, and taught that children, um, you go, oh, here, hold on. Are children actually communicating with the people who are not embodied? Is that possible? Yes, yeah. So uh, what happens if, if, if we were reared as children, if our whole society were reared to communicate openly with people who are on the next plane of life, then that would be just a normal state of affairs. So we might be out with friends and, and we're sitting down at the table and, and we talk about uh, Fred who's, who has uh, transitioned uh, a month ago and you're sitting down at the table and one of the friends says, oh, Fred is here with us. And everybody chimes in and says, hi, Fred, we're so glad to see you. We know you made a successful transition, and we want to hear about what happened with you. And so one person will say, I just got the impression that, that Fred had said that he now actually has a house on the other side. And another person will say, oh, and he's saying that, that the house is just the bungalow that he had always wanted to have, and so on. Uh, and, and, uh, and this would be a normal part of our everyday lives if we had been reared to have these communications, because we have the capabilities. We are all able to do that. We don't have to be mediums. We are all mediums. And so we could do that openly and easily if we had been reared to do that from children. Wow. We have a lot to look forward to. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. though, there are people who are trying to develop electronic methods of communication, physical methods of communication, and the people who are doing that, many of them are not in bodies. Famous names are working on this. Is there any more news about the set of play with the stations or, or with what's going on with, with uh, electronic communication development? Yeah, it's yeah, it's advancing, and the, the the work with the stations now is is becoming. Uh, we are confident enough in what we're getting that uh, the Sherry Pearl, who is the lead researcher in doing this work, uh, who learned from Sonia Rinaldi, who's the worldwide researcher. She is a phenomenal researcher yes. in afterlife communications and using instruments, uh, video and, and audio. And uh, Sherry Pearl now is uh, is doing uh, readings for people. She's just getting the voices on electronic equipment of their loved ones who are on the next plane of life. And so that's happening routinely now. Sonia is getting them. Sonia was doing, she did as many as 163 parents in a month with as many as 200 messages in each session. And wow. she would have the recordings and give them to the parents, and, and they would listen to them, and they'd say, yeah, that was, that's uh, little Jimmy, and uh, you know, that, that's Julie. And uh, they had wonderful, uplifting messages, and she's still doing that work now. She's focused on the visual now. She's getting the impressions of pictures from the other side. 
but uh, we are advancing rapidly and, and being able to do that. And I look forward to a time in the future when we can have people come into uh, a an individual who's able to do the ITC work, into instrumental transcommunication work, and they can help them to communicate. The, the, uh, the master, uh, uh, Marcello Bacci, who was an Italian who would, had an old tube radio that he used, and he would get messages through the old tube radio, and he's retired now. But there are other people who are working with this and uh, attempting to do the same thing, uh, and they would have dialogues with people through this old tube radio. So it's possible for us to get the voices of our loved ones from the other side coming through instruments such as video, audio, and, and tube radios. And so now we are continuing to do that and we're advancing in it. And uh, I would expect that in the future we won't be able to, uh, to dial up as easily as getting on a telephone, but we will be able to communicate easily and, and to get recordings of people on the other side. One of the things that interests me about this is apparently the those who are working on this who are not in body are, want to emphasize communications of parents who are grieving with their children, which is wonderful. Um, but Sonia gets pictures sometimes of the child, and the child is it looks years older than when that child passed. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is interesting, yeah. And what happens on the other side is, is the, the children are going to grow up on the other side. They are going to mature uh, until they're in their 20s or 30s. If a person passes and goes to the other side and is elderly, then they will, they will then have their bodies that they had when they were in their 20s and 30s. And they don't have to ask Can't for wait. it. Something, something that happens. <laughs> Can't wait, right. You Drop off the old body. That way. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. had a few miles on it, so it's time to turn it in. For a new model, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what happens. And uh, yeah, so I've already asked for Brad Pitt's body. So we'll have to see if that see if that memo gets through. But <laughs> they, uh, they say you can sort of look the way you want to look. And yeah, I just, that's uh, I, I well, just, actually exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happens is that you don't have to think about it. You don't you don't ask for it. So in other words, you don't create a body. What happens right. is that we have the body and the surroundings that we want to have. So whatever there is the desire of our heart. Uh, and if we like to eat, if we want food, then food will be there. If we won't have to think about it or ask for it, it simply will be there. Uh, I even had one incident with, uh, with somebody who had come through with Leslie Flint, one of the mediums, and yes. he said that he was smoking his pipe on the other side. Oh, uh, now, it wouldn't have been smoke. It wouldn't have been harmful to him in the same way, oh. but it would have all the same flavors and all the same feelings and all the sensations. Anything that we want to have is automatically there. We don't have to ask for it. In other words, we don't create it on the other side. It's simply there. Simply there. Your mind basically created it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know the yeah. old saying, you can't take it with you? Well, it turns out you really can. You can. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, That's and true. So if someone is driving in his car right now and saying, well, but why? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make sense because what they're trying to do, those who are helping us through this process, is wean us from dependence on caring about material things. So if there's a material thing you want, they'll give it to you. And then you realize it's not worth anything. It's the things of the spirit that matter. This is all the part of the process of weaning us away, or at least I think that's true, from, from caring about material things. So it, so it makes sense, but it also makes it so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, and this is something which we can do in this lifetime. 
So a, a large part of what we do in our lives is we should be weaning ourselves from material things right. and enjoying the spiritual things. And as we do that, then we become happier. Happiness is the goal. That's, that's something that everyone wants to have. And, and all of the things that we do are an, an attempt to become happy, to feel happiness. But you can, it is not something which is a goal that can be attained all by itself. It's a byproduct. It's the result of not being attached to things because things are going to go away, things are going to make you miserable. But being so confident in yourself and so feeling like you are an eternal being having a physical experience that you just feel happy all the time. You don't worry about things. That's the kind of happiness that we want. We get that on the other side, but we can get it on this side too. And we have yeah, that opportunity. We're going to work on helping people mm-hmm. get to that state of, of joy, of happiness, of mm-hmm. peace, of bliss, of contentment when they're here. Now, there's one more kind of communication we haven't mentioned, and Rob Blackburn was on a few weeks ago on Secret Reality, and he is developing as a physical medium. What a delightful young man he is. He's working with you. Tell us a little about that. How long have you been sitting in circle to do that? Yeah, we've been sitting for about 12 years. Wow. Uh, and, and when we say that we're sitting in circle, what that means is that we will sit in a room that's dedicated to, to this work, and we sit in the dark. And we then sit around the table and sometimes we'll join hands, um, but then we will do what's, what's classically called a seance. But it's not the seance that, in, that you would think of. It's not the, the seance where you summon up the spirits kind of thing. Yes. Uh, this, is a, this is just, we sit around the table, we are in, in deeply in love with each other, we are in harmony with each other, we just think highly of, of everyone in the circle, and we sing songs and have fun and, and just laugh and and enjoy ourselves and because of the fact that we are are in harmony that we love each other and that we're singing songs together we raise our vibrations and then the teams on the other side work with us to change the atmosphere and to change our bodies and to change the circumstances so that over a long period of time over in our case 10 or 11 uh, up to 12 years I think it's up to 12 years now uh, that uh, they have changed the circumstances to an extent that they can start to make things happen in the room and they can start to move things around in the room they can and you have one person who is what's called a physical medium and the physical medium is what Rob is developing to be. Yeah, and the wow. physical medium can have ectoplasm, which is a substance coming out of the body. And the substance coming out of the body then can do things in the room, can make things happen in the room, and can even envelop then the etheric body of an individual who comes in and materializes so that we have the person coming from the other side and they materialize. And I've been at seances in which uh, the, the physical medium sits and the materialization person, the person who comes from the other side, stands in front of their loved one in the, in the circle and talks to them and even will uh, kiss them on the forehead. And yes. uh, so I, I, yeah, I've been in seances in which this has happened. Yes. And this is uh, it's called physical mediumship. It's a wonderful, dramatic demonstration of the fact that we continue to live after the body dies. And it is uh, something which many people can develop. But as of right now, we have few people who are physical mediums because it's so difficult to get people to sit for 10 or, to, or 12 years now, and everyone, wait for it to continuously, happen. This is that continuous sitting. You, you spend a couple of hours on Sunday nights. Is that what you do? How often do you sit? You Every Sunday sit? night. Every right. Sunday night uh, for an hour and a half. 
Okay, well, that's and, not a big commitment when you think about it, if what you're trying to no. do is something so amazing. Because, no, people go to church every Sunday. Yes, the, no. this is very like that, only it's so much more productive than going yeah. and listening to a right, sermon. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's something I think that we're going to be talking about more, um, helping people begin to see how they can just begin to sit in circles with their friends. And if you're willing Mm -hmm. to to stick to it and do it once a week for 10 years, 12 years, you too can have these extraordinary experiences. Because if you're serious about it, if you and your group of four or five or seven friends are serious about doing this, they can tell, the people not in bodies can tell who's serious. And they, if if you'll stick with it, they'll stick with it. And they will do amazing things. Um, It's something I wish that I had other people here interested in doing. I think that's to try to do it too, Craig. Watching your circle develop has been a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my it's been well, we, everybody, we've come to the end again. I can't believe I could go on in for another hour with you every time. But what, what do you want people to know about communication then, most of all? Most of all, to, to realize that everyone can communicate that, and that loved ones are endeavoring. They're really working hard at communicating with us, especially right after their passing. So they are communicating with us. We can communicate with them. All we need to do is to learn how to relax away from the physical realm. And we can do that through meditation or through relaxation or through self-hypnosis, uh, through the self-guided afterlife communication method. And we can then have conversations with them. We can, we can enjoy that time with them and reestablish a relationship. So we have a continuing, ongoing relationship with them that doesn't end when they stop using a body. And all we have to do is learn how to do that. And that means just relaxing and allowing it to happen and being confident that it's them that's coming through. If you're interested in knowing how this all looks from the viewpoint of a pretty advanced um, being who has just died, you really need to read everyone. Um, Mikey Morgan's book written with Carol Morgan called Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. Mikey died at the age of 20, and his parents, everybody was devastated. And when you can see him, he talks in his book about how, because this was all dictated by him. It's, he, it was written by a dead person, a newly dead young man. And he talks about how hard he worked to get people to understand. Sometimes it couldn't be his family at first because they were too devastated. But other people he would get through to, they would go and speak to us. And little by little, they, they he was able to develop a new relationship with his family, which is different. Different, but it's it's really as close and intense as as it ever was. Um, so, if you're interested in this topic, that's a great book to choose. Craig, thank you so much. We're going to do this again soon. We have a couple of topics actually lined up over the next couple of months. So, um, thank you for being here. Yeah, looking thank- forward to it. Big hug. And everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us today. I always love talking with Craig. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. All of the things we talk about are real. They're not woo-woo. They are just a part of what is true about reality that materialist science scientists don't want to study because it's not material. But they will get there. Little by little, they're giving up on materialism. I, my favorite 
uh, magazine, of course, is Scientific American, and I'm watching them begin to despair and give up. And the fact that they are running people now like Bernardo Castro, our wonderful, wonderful friend who, who just got his PhD with a thesis showing that consciousness is all that exists. Isn't that incredible? Well, this is all happening right now. So little by little, things are changing. But meanwhile, you and I have to do our live our lives, do our work, and we live it in the greater reality. We may as well now try to understand that greater reality, and that's part of what this is about today. Next week, our guest is going to be Joyce Stewart, here for the seventh time. I really love Joyce. Her path has been in some ways similar to mine. She was a learned and ardent Christian. She was a Christian scholar, and she was literally, as, as was I, called out from Christianity by Jesus to follow him directly. I think a lot of people are being called this way. They just don't talk about it. But she and I compare notes. It's amazing. Um, he called her out, and she's learned so much about the spiritually and sort of, sort of just general reality of trying to become more perfectly what we already are, beings of love, that she has now become a beloved teacher. She's a holistic healer. Next week, Joyce is going to take us into the actual process of spiritual growth, the raising of our personal vibration away from fear and toward love how it feels how it affects us and there's a whole system apparently which i don't you don't need to know the system but i try to give you different ways to approach all of these things that we are working on because maybe my way isn't exactly yours you might resonate more with what joyce will tell you she's a wonderful teacher she has an easy way of explaining things very accessible and i think you're going to enjoy joyce stewart very much so please be with us next week and of course, this week for the twenty seventh time in, in six years, that doesn't seem that like that many. But probably, he's been on, you know, about every quarter uh, ever since we began. Our much beloved, treasured friend, the world's leading expert in the study of the greater reality, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. As more and more people find ways to ever better communicate with their loved ones in spirit, more and more people are going to coming going to come to realize that actually, everybody. Everybody survives death. Death is the most remarkable non-event you can imagine. And I'm getting more and more questions now about how people individually can have these communication events. So um, listening to Craig and following some of the things, trying his self-guided um, communication uh, process, whatever you do, the more you open your mind to these possibilities, the more they're going to actually come. My dear friends, the day is going to come, come along and it'll be in this century when everybody is communicating with dead loved ones just as easily as you and I are communicating now. Until then, of course, we have the fun of watching the dawning of what will be a much better, more loving, and a much, much more enlightened world. As you know, I have a bunch of nonfiction books out, and we will have a brand new book in the fall. It's called The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. Um, I think that if you've wanted to have a closer walk with Jesus, this is the book that will help you do it. Um, what we're going to try to do is give Jesus the movement he came to begin in the first place. For young, younger children, of course, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and soon in the fall, The Fun of Growing with Jesus. You can order all my books through bookstores or on Amazon, and the adult books, of course, always are available as audiobooks. If you ever want to talk about any of my books or really, you know, talk about anything at all, just contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer my emails. And it, there are people now that sometimes email me every two months or, or once a year. Don't worry about that. If you have a question, I want to help you get the right, right answer.
Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeart, and a number of other stations, including those in the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family. More and more people now are listening, just listening on the app that's available for free in the iTunes store. And if you ever wonder where Seek Reality can be heard right now, just go to robertagrimes.com and click on the radio tab because sometimes we move our primary station around, but um, we're always we're always working somewhere. I'm gonna not, not going to stop doing this until you stop doing it. And if you want to listen, I'm going to be here to help you. If you enjoy these weekly conversations, one thing you might do is just to uh, read my, my blog on Sundays. Or if you sign up on the, on the website, you'll get it automatically. More and more people are emailing me about my blog posts. Some people have actually said, you know, I, I couldn't resonate with church anymore, but every Sunday morning I read your blog and think about it. I cannot imagine a more amazing thing for anyone ever to say to me that I was able to help them with that. So the pressure is there. I'm going to keep doing this. And I do it with my whole heart. Thank you for being here, everyone. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one greater reality, knowing that you in particular are a powerful, eternal being. And you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.